0: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore Sue, So, um, what to start with today? Let's start with this. I, I talked about uh, yesterday, two days ago, whatever. Um, Somebody had called in and asked the question, is this a reload or rebuild? What are we doing here? And I had mentioned that I had recently been, Had somebody had mentioned to me, that uh, the belief was that the Packers were in a reloading phase. In other words, we're going to stack a couple pieces in here and we're going to win a Super Bowl, Um, which is a little bit surprising because I think myself and a lot of Packer fans kind of felt like this is going to be kind of a slower process. Um, But it kind of makes sense, and I had pointed to a couple things. Uh, For example, the Packers' interest in acquiring draft picks this year. And then it dawned on me, quite obviously, that it made perfect sense. And it was kind of embarrassing that I hadn't put two and two together because I was annoyed at the fact that the Packers continued to do what they'd always been doing with these contracts. Why are you doing that? Why are you continuing to do these things? For example, once again, we brought back Aaron Jones. Now, I know he took a pay cut, so there would have been a question of, you know if you don't do this, you're probably going to go. But still... The fact of the matter is we were willing to pay a pretty high amount of money for a short-term thing with Aaron Jones. Why would you do that if this isn't a win-now situation? That doesn't make any sense. If we're a couple years away, why do you sign a guy for the two years that we're not going to be in contention? It's a waste. Because we are in contention. That's the point. That's why you restructure David Bakhtiari, so that you can keep him. That's why you restructure or uh, yeah, restructure. Aaron Jones. That's why you push every single penny out that you possibly can so that you get to keep everybody rather than cutting people. Now, you don't get to keep everybody, I guess, but we're trying to keep as many people as we possibly can. My, my whole thing is we need to start cleaning up the salary cap and they just are not doing it. And I could not for the life of me understand why we're doing this. But it makes perfect sense because the Packers still believe we have all the pieces we need. Which basically is what I've been saying. We have a lot, a lot of really good pieces. But we just haven't quite gotten over that hump, right? We're good enough to win a Super Bowl. That's really not debatable, despite the fact that the people who want to slander Brian Gutekunst at every moment will say we're not good enough. Which, of course, it it is funny how that happens. We are good enough until we lose. Then it's a massive, like, it's, it's soul-crushing, which doesn't make sense if you knew we weren't going to win anyways, but it's soul-crushing, and then suddenly we get angry and say we weren't good enough and Brian Gutekunst didn't do his job. But you didn't know that until we lost, right? So that doesn't really make any sense. Sounds like you're lying. But anyways, I say all that to say that the picture has become crystal clear, and shame on me and the rest of us for not just seeing what's blat- blatantly in front of our face that Brian Gutekunst is clearly telling us. Jordan Love is our quarterback, And we are planning to win a Super Bowl this year. We are doing everything in our power. I mean, it's clearly not a rebuild because Aaron Jones would have been gone. David Bakhtiari would have been gone. We wouldn't be restructuring these guys. And and, and again, these are essentially two-year deals, right? I mean, maybe uh, a one-year for David Bakhtiari. He could be potentially gone next year. Why would you do all this if we're going to rebuild? Why not just get rid of David Bakhtiari immediately? We have some pieces and you could draft somebody or go get somebody cheaper in free agency. I mean, we're going to save a ton of money before you restructured him. Um, you could have saved plenty of money to get somebody else. You don't need to do this restructure. You, you, it, it's unnecessary, right? Especially even if you say, well, you don't want, you know, if David Bakhtiari leaves, then, you know, Jordan Love is going to get sacked a bunch and then his career is going to be whatever. Okay, fine. But that doesn't really explain Aaron Jones. We have Dylan and we, we got plenty of guys. We don't need to do this. And it's not just those guys. Look at everybody else we restructured. I mean, is Razul Douglas really that essential? We have Jair, Stokes, and Keyshawn Nixon. We've had significantly worse corner groups than that. Why do we need Razul Douglas? Especially when they've already said the goal is not to put him at safety. The goal is for him to be a corner. If you're saying, well, maybe Stokes isn't ready week one, so what? You don't need to do all that for Razul just to kind of fill in a couple weeks. That is what all in is. Now, nobody wants to hear that because, you know, that's what we've been doing for years. But as I said recently on Twitter, for some people, all in only means you won the Super Bowl. That's all all in means. If you won the Super Bowl, you were all in. If you didn't win the Super Bowl, you weren't all in, right? You can go out and free, you you can go heavy in the the draft and get a bunch of help from the draft. You can go all in in free agency. You can spend every penny you have to acquire as much talent as you can possibly get, to patch as many holes in the roster as you possibly can, and somehow that is isn't all-in, because obviously you didn't win. So, anyways, that is a nice transition into the next thing I wanted to say, which is this, an examination of all-in based on a conversation I had yesterday. I had um, highlighted the the Jets. By the way, breaking news, uh, the Jets are probably going to sign Odell Beckham, which, it is a little funny. Again, so... (laughs) Some people have been kind of hinting at um, dancing around the idea with with Aaron Rodgers. Remember, Aaron Rodgers, what happened with this whole conversation about his list of demands? Which, by the way, the report never said a list of demands. It said wish list, right? Which just means that Aaron Rodgers um, talked to the Jets about some guys that he'd like to have on the team. And Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee and said, I never gave them a list of demands. I wasn't wearing a big giant robe with no shoes. You know, like, just this big extravagant thing. Now, if they call me and say, you know, what do you think about Lazard? Of course I'm going to say. But, again, just coincidentally, they go out and get Lazard. Well, he has ties to the offensive coordinator. Okay. And just coincidentally, another guy on the list, Odell Beckham, they're about to do a deal with him, who is on Roger's list, right? So the list that doesn't exist is is coming together. That's interesting. But anyways, I I just kind of retweeted it. You know, hey, they're about to get Odell, it looks like. So anyways cool beans and of course a guttekunst hater comes along and says this proves that Kunst is terrible he didn't he didn't go get odell that year in 2021 when the rams didn't win the super bowl therefore he's an idiot like you know what i mean like th- this is this is exactly the problem everything is re- nobody can talk about things before it happens they can only talk about things after it happened the Rams, for the billionth time, should not have won the Super Bowl. I know they did. It is what it is. Fine. They were not the best team. They were garbage. We've already gone through a couple of these things before. But this all-in thing is a complete joke. The The, the conversation about all-in is a joke. It's basically mythology. I don't even know if it exists. I really don't. I don't I don't know if it's a thing. I don't know if... Can anybody actually define... Well, I want somebody who is upset about the Gutekunst thing to come up with... An actual definition of what all in means and not some vague, broad, like, you know, what would I'm, I'm talking specific so that I can narrow it down and I can use this to point to teams. I want so, somebody has to do that. And if you're not willing to do that, you have to stop talking about it because I think it's just mythology. I think it's fake. I think it's just a term people use when they want to be mad that their team didn't win the Super Bowl. We didn't go all in. It doesn't mean anything until somebody gives me a definition I'm calling you all liars and fakes and phonies. Every single one of you. Not, you don't need everybody, to, just one of you. I need a representative, find a, a lawyer or a poet or something to come together and write out the terms of what all in means. And if you just want to be a co-signer on that, go ahead and co-sign on it. But you understand what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and apply that to every team in the NFL, including the Green Bay Packers, who more than likely are going to be on that list. It's going to be very hard to write a list in which your list includes nothing but Super Bowl winners and the Packers never make the list. You understand that, right? Now, again, I've already done this before, but since uh, apparently we keep forgetting, it's fun to re-remind everybody. I get I get new content because people just forget stuff. Packers didn't go all in in uh, 2021, right? That's when Odell Beckham was a thing for the Rams, I think. So help me understand why the Rams went all in, other than because they did one thing and then they won a Super Bowl. Because that's the thing. All you have to do is reverse engineer everything. You find the Super Bowl winner, and then you find the areas in which they went and did things, and then you say, see, all in. Why didn't you do that, Goot? And then you're like, well, he did. He went and got Sammy Watkins. Oh, say, oh yeah, sure. Sammy Watkins. Brr, brr, brr. And what would happen if the Rams didn't win? Oh, yeah, Odell Beckham. When's the last time that guy did anything? <sniffs> right? This this is so stupid. It's like kindergarten garbage. So let's, let's illuminate a couple things here, okay? Number one, let's look at the teams in 2021 that spent the most money. Let's see where the Rams fall on this list. First, it was the Patriots who spent $288 million on 27 players. Did they win the Super Bowl? No. Well, they weren't really contenders. Okay. Who spent the second most amount of money? The 49ers. Are they contenders? I think they are. 190.7 million on 26 players. Did they win the Super Bowl? No, they didn't, did they? Then it was the Jaguars. Then it was the Titans. Then it was the Giants. Then the Jets. Then the Bengals. Then Washington. Then Kansas City, they've been at the top of the list for several years. Top 10, number 9 overall um, that year. 101.5 million on 14 different players. Did they win the Super Bowl? No, they did not. Darn it. Uh, 10 is the Chargers. No, they didn't win. Then the Panthers, then the Texans, then the Ravens, then the Raiders. Then it was Cleveland, then Detroit, then Seattle, then Arizona, then Denver, then Tampa, then Miami, then Chicago, then Pittsburgh, then the Saints, then the Colts, then the Cowboys, then the Bills, then the Vikings, then the Falcons, then the Eagles, then the Packers, and then last is the Rams. So you're right, the Packers didn't spend that much. They only spent $21.1 million in free agency. Because that's all they really had to spend, because they spent all their money on the current players, but that's that's whatever. Do you know how much the Rams spent in free agency? So second lowest was the Packers at $21 million. The Rams spent $3.7 million in free agency. That's it. That's what all-in looks like to you? $3.7 million in free agency? Okay, how about this one? I'm going to give you all the just wide receivers. We're not going to do quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, tackles, uh, freaking edge rushers, defensive tackles, uh, corners, like just these real dominant positions. We're just going to do wide receiver because that's what lazy fans focus on is get elite wide receivers so that you win all the Super Bowls, okay? Here's all the wide receivers that got signed in free agency. Um, there's 76 of them, so this might take a while. You tell me if this team won a Super Bowl. Ready? Um Kenny Galladay to the Giants, Corey Davis to the Jets, Curtis Samuel to Washington, Nelson Aguilar to the Patriots, Kendrick Bourne to the Patriots, Jamal Agnew to the Jaguars. We're going in order of the, uh, you know what, let's go in order of the highest paid, sorry. Let's let's restart. It won't take long, I promise. Kenny Galladay to the Giants, Corey Davis to the Jets, Curtis Samuel to Washington, Nelson Aguilar to New England, Will Fuller to Miami, T.Y. Hilton to uh, State and Indy. Let's just go... Teams that are different. Marvin Jones to Jacksonville, AJ Green to Arizona, Emmanuel Sanders to Buffalo, Keelan Cole to the Jets, Kendrick Bourne to New England, Sammy Watkins to Baltimore. What a ridiculous thing that was! Jamal Agnew to the Jaguars, Tyrell Williams to Detroit, John Brown to the Raiders. We've got uh, David Moore to Carolina, got John Ross to the Giants, Deshaun Jackson to the Raiders, Danny Amendola to Houston. Josh Reynolds went to Tennessee. Chris Conley went to Houston. Chris Moore went to Houston. Odell Beckham went to the Rams. Oh! They're obviously going to win because the 26th highest paid wide receiver went there, right? That's, That's how you know. Like, if you looked at this list, you could see who won the Super Bowl based on this. Clearly. Marquise Goodwin went to the Bears um let's see adam humphreys went to washington Mohammed sanu went to san francisco dd westbrook to minnesota philip dorsett went to jacksonville Khalif raymond went to detroit uh skipping 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 willie sneed went to the raiders demir bird went to chicago tavon austin went to the jaguars robert foster to miami uh Farrell cooper to jacksonville Devin smith to jacksonville laquan treadwell to jacksonville Kevin White to New Orleans, Trevor Davis to Atlanta, Brashad Perriman to Chicago, um, Benny Fowler to San Francisco, Tajay Sharp went to Atlanta, DeAndre Carter to Washington, Brandon Powell went to Buffalo, Andy Jones went to the Giants, Chad, uh, no, he stayed. Trent Sherfield went to San Francisco, Trent Taylor went to Cincinnati, Steven Sims went to Buffalo, Chad Hansen went to Detroit, amara darbo went to denver greg Dortch went to arizona jeff Badette went to atlanta kershawn hogan went to carolina antoine wesley went to arizona damian willis went to the giants um let's see khalil McLean went to miami uh john vea johnson went to chicago Isaiah Coulter went to Chicago. Uh, Damon Hazleton went to the Packers, I guess. I don't remember that. Tyler Sims went to uh, Pittsburgh. Warren Jackson to Minnesota. Jojo Ward went to Cleveland. Andre Roberts went to the Chargers. If you looked at that list, could you tell me who won the Super Bowl? Why or why not? You couldn't. You couldn't tell me who won the Super Bowl. In fact... Everybody was so jacked. Do you remember the whole Kenny Galladay thing? And this is what happens every time. Like Kenny Galladay was great in Detroit. He went to the Giants. Dang, that's a good signing. Corey Davis, same thing. He was a solid Tennessee receiver. He went to the Jets. Now, I didn't really expect much because it's the Jets, but really good signing. He got $12.5 million. Kenny Galladay got $18 million. We didn't hear about any of these guys. Corey Davis is potentially coming to the Packers, and 90%, I'm like of the 10% that are okay with it, 90% of Packer fans are like, that's garbage. That's how bad it went for Corey Davis. He was, the, he was like the second biggest name that year. $12.5 million paycheck he got. Curtis Samuel. Solid receiver. Didn't do jack. Nothing. Nada. Nada. So, I mean, yeah, Will Fuller. Everybody loved Will Fuller, right? I love Will Fuller. Went to Miami. Nobody remembers anything. What happened? I don't remember. Nobody remembers nothing. Remember A.J. Green? Right? I mean, it was kind of 50-50, but some people, it might have even been me. Kind of like, I don't know, dude. I mean, yeah, he hasn't been great kind of recently, but he was really good. And maybe, kind of, kind of, (laughs) didn't go super great. Always loved Emmanuel Sanders. Went to Buffalo. Hadn't done much. And again, that's just wide receivers. And that's just 2021. So, I just want you to know, when you write out your, uh, your thesis on what all-in means, what you're up against, it's going to be tricky. Write out your formula so that we know what it takes to win a Super Bowl. Good luck getting the Chiefs from last year put in there. It means doing what it takes to win. <laughs> okay, so it just means the teams that won the Super Bowl. That's exactly what I said. It doesn't mean anything. You have to tell me what to do going forward, not going backwards. Write out something so that I know when I look at something, I can say, is that all in or not? Definitively, I can look at your sheet, go to um, chapter four, subsection three and see, yep, that is officially all in. Not this broad garbage. Specifically, the moves that are required. What is it? And if you can't do it, then all in doesn't mean anything. right? How about this last year? Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, like I said, for the past several years have been top 10 in free agent spending. 2022, though, they dropped down to 16th, and then they won the Super Bowl. Jacksonville Jaguars are number one. They made a good run at it. They didn't win the Super Bowl, though, did they? Buffalo Bills were the third highest spenders. Wouldn't that be the team that you would bet on? Buffalo Bills are already one of the biggest favorites. Third most spending, 18 players, which is one of the highest, higher than the two, than the Jaguars and the Jets. The spending was third, though, because they didn't spend as much as them. Wouldn't that be the team? If, we're, if, if there's some kind of an all-in formula, how about the Chargers? Chargers are for real. They're at fifth highest. Then Baltimore. All right, what about them? The Rams were ninth. This is one of the first years they actually spent a lot of money. The two years prior, they had no money. They were flat broke. They couldn't do anything in free agency. Aside from that one thing. This is the first year they actually have money. Because here's the deal. There's somewhat of an inverse relationship here. If you don't have any money, it's because you're spending a lot of money because you have a lot of talent, which means you actually have a high chance of winning a Super Bowl. If you have a lot of money, like the Rams finally have, because they've finally been purging all of their talent, they're actually one of the worst that they've been. Now that they're bad, they have money. So they spent money. They spent $100 million on free agents. They're a joke of an organization right now. Highest paid player, Von Miller to the Buffalo Bills elite player, and he paid out. He was way better, way better than Odell Beckham ever was. Odell Beckham got like 70 grades. And by the way, he was garbage before with with Cleveland. And then he went to the Rams, and he was kind of bad for most of the year, but he picked it up at the end. And by picked it up, I mean he had like 70 grades. I think he had like 180 or something. Von Miller is elite. What about Christian Kirk? Dude went off for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you got the Rams spent 15.5 million on Allen Robinson but it doesn't count if the rams had won the super bowl though it would have wouldn't it they went out and got allen robinson they went da-da-da-da-da. if the if the ram if the uh, buffalo bills would have won look at the bills look at how much they spent look at von miller blah, 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 blah. it only works if they win that's the point there is no definition outside of they won therefore they went all in they won therefore they did the right things we lost therefore we didn't do the right things it, it leaves no room for the possibility that there is no exact formula, right? That's the whole point. Like, obviously, Gutekunst didn't do a good job because we didn't win. Here's the thing. It's entirely possible to do all the right things and lose. It's impos- it, it, It's entirely possible to do wrong things and win. In fact, every team does some right things and some wrong things. And then it comes down to the players just kind of doing their thing. And sometimes it's not even the best team that wins. Like I said, the Rams were... Definitely not the best team. And the Bengals who played against them were not the best AFC team. But, you know, the ball bounces a little bit here, a little bit there. Kind of a little bit of crazy stuff here. Guys who were not very good suddenly become good. Guys who are really good suddenly don't play their best. Blah, 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 blah. Things happen. Not allowing for the reality that there is no exact formula. There is no exact way to just make things happen, to manifest this reality. And so we're stuck in this thing where if we win, then we did the right things finally. Finally. And I'm I'm afraid that that's how it's going to be portrayed. Like, finally, after all these years, we still wasted all those years. We're not allowing there to be any scenario in which the GM's doing a good job and putting together a good team, but the team just didn't do it because it's hard to win Super Bowls. And once you get into the playoffs, all bets are off. You ever play Risk? You know what's so frustrating about Risk? You will roll the dice and roll the dice and roll the dice against somebody. You'll have the three dice. They'll have the two and they'll roll double sixes and you'll throw three ones. And it's like, this is freaking impossible. I want to just take this board with all these little pieces and throw it across the room. It's unbelievable how often that happens. But here's the thing. I'm not doing anything wrong. I made the right decision to invade that country. I have more. It's a strategic location. I should attack it. I'm in a position to attack it. And you know what? I still lost because the freaking dice just rolled the wrong way. It's just the way it goes. Doesn't mean I was wrong. Doesn't mean I did anything wrong. Nothing wrong with my strategy. Sometimes the odds just kind of flip in somebody else's favor. It's the way she freaking goes. And if you're not mature enough and adult enough and grown up enough to freaking handle that, then you should find something else to do. Find a new hobby. You should focus on sports that are like individuals. You know, go follow tennis and golf and some of that stuff because those are just individuals who tend to dominate. So there's more control. It's less likely that these people are going to lose. That's why you have guys that win a lot of times, whereas teams, not quite as much. Even though there's less NFL teams than there are golfers, it's still the same golfers That'll, you know, Tiger Woods can win however many times in a row back in his heyday. It seems less likely because there's more golfers, but there's more control. This one guy is the best. So it makes sense that that person, although there's still some circumstances where they might not come in first, they might come in second or whatever. They tend to rise to the top. It's harder to control all the variables when there's more variables. Does that make sense? That's football, man. That's the way it goes. If you can't deal with that reality, then I guess that sucks for you. The positive side of that, though, is it means we don't actually have to be the best all the time to actually have a chance to win, which is a positive thing. What you need to do is put yourself in a position to be good enough to actually pull it off. Put yourself in a position to be able to get into the playoffs. How about that? That's about all you can do. Try to find that quarterback, because it's hard to win without it, and make sure you have a good enough team to get into the playoffs. And when you look at that formula, tell me one thing Gudekunst has done wrong. The, only, the, the, the most hated thing is Jordan Love, but that's a key component to the formula. Make sure you have the quarterback and make sure you have a good enough team to get into the playoffs. He, we've had a good enough team to get into the playoffs every single year, and we have a quarterback. If that is the formula, and I think it is, there's nothing, nothing that the guy has done wrong. We, I mean, I, and that's not to say everything is perfect. There's been a lot of picks that have been flawed, and there's a lot of, man, if we'd have taken this guy or that guy, but that's baked into the form. Nothing's going to be perfect. I'm talking about, did you do a good enough job of getting us into the playoffs, yes or no? And the answer has been yes every single year, including 2022. We were good enough. It was a good enough team. But circumstances, you know, injuries, Rashawn, Rogers, et cetera. You know, when your quarterback goes from top five to top 15, you lose Devontae, which, again, that is that is part of the GM's job. That's losing a player, so that would be in the negative column. Even though it's not his fault for losing him, it's still like you have to make sure you have the team and all that stuff. That's fine. That's a negative on the roster. But the team was absolutely good enough. I mean, the fact that we were knocking on the door, the fact that we shouldn't have lost in that big stretch of losses there, but, you know, the quarterback and the receivers weren't on the same page, and then there were a bunch of injuries to the receivers and to Rashawn and to Stokes and to Rodgers and blah, 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 blah. You know. All that good stuff. Anyways, as a final note, kind of, kind of uh, transitioning from that into the next thing about all this anti-Packer stuff, and it's really just weird to me um, because again, everything has been done the way that it's kind of supposed to happen, right? Everything's been fine over here in Green Bay. There's no issues yet again. I, I find myself backed up against the wall, fighting. And defending the fact that this is a good football team, which is blatantly obvious for freaking everybody to see. And it's, you know, 20%, 25% of Packer fans and then like feels like 60% of everybody else outside of that feels like the Packers have been a failure of an organization. And it's baffling and I couldn't quite figure out what the heck is going on, especially now that we're hearing that the Jets have done a phenomenal job. And I feel like, well, I mean, I feel like I'm going crazy, but that's just life today where nothing makes sense and everybody just believes everything that everybody says. And it's really weird. The more access that we have to information, the less able we are to actually go to the information. We become more drones. It's so weird. You'd think back in the day when there's like one newspaper and that's all you get. Like, well, those people were freaking drones. Now we have access to all this information. We're free thinkers now. We are absolutely not. There is some new theory that comes out of academia and within 15 minutes, Every single person on Twitter is like, oh yeah, that's reality. Everybody knows that. Like, are you freaking serious? For all of human history, that's never been a thing. And now you're just saying like, oh yeah, it's a thing. Just because somebody told you to think that it's a thing. That's staggering to me. But that's the way it is today. But anyways, I'm just shocked. And um, somebody, who was it? It was um, Steve Cook, Mr. Slap Happy Cookie on Twitter. He uh, illuminated something. That, uh, once again, I talked about it before, Green and Gold Draft on Twitter, at G&G Draft, posted. And it was interesting because, I'm, I'm not going to read all this, they wrote uh, a little story, it's a tale of two cities, and kind of portrayed the Jets and the Packers as like these medieval things where you got the, the big castle and then the tiny village or whatever. But what was interesting as I read through this was the realization that media bias probably plays a big part in this. Think about it. We, I mean, we, we understand media bias plays into every single thing. Every single thing, whether it's political, whether it's racial, whether it's just about the teams or whatever it is, everybody's bias has to be on display. Nobody has the ability to set their bias aside for anything. Everything just bleeds through. So why wouldn't it be the same way with things like this? To view the Jets as the superior team over this small town, redneck, backwood, trash town, right nobody wants to like green bay the definition of flyover country these big new york media guys nobody wants that so the picture that has been portrayed for years that i never understood because it's ridiculous is the picture of this big city rogers the superhero figure who's propping up redneck green bay and is the only reason it's relevant and in these negotiations obviously the big city jets are going to run roughshod over redneck gooduckunts and the rest of the redneck green bay packers it sounds silly, but think about it. Why wouldn't that be the case? We already know. I mean, listen, even even the West Coast people who don't like, you know, the West Coast obviously has a lot of influence, but it's mostly like Hollywood type stuff. It's not really media. The West Coast is upset because teams like the Chargers get no coverage. Nobody talks about the Chargers. They're a pretty good team. Nobody cares. Teams like the Jets get talked about constantly because they're all Jets fans. They all want the Jets to be great. They don't care about the West Coast. They certainly don't care about the flyover. So they care about the big, the big shots. Like if, if you're big, not like the Chiefs, we love them now because they're big. And we love and really they don't love the Chiefs. They love Pat Mahomes. And and the same thing happens in Chicago, by the way. Bears fans are mad, and Bears media is mad. Not only is are do they hate the Packers because they're like a rival and because they've beaten them so much, but because and I've been saying this for years, because it's a slight. They're furious at their own team because it is a disgrace that this big city Chicago which has so much to be proud of is losing to this podunk redneck Wisconsin team. Chicago is this mecca; it's this epicenter of humanity, and it has no right losing to this garbage town. Even even the Vikings do this same thing. Vikings fans like, dude, you're north of us; you're more redneck than a. But they are Minneapolis; they're at least a city; they're they're civilized. Green Bay is just this. Garbage, blech, despicable. It's an uncivilized backwoods redneck town. And so, when you listen to the media, they tell you that the Packers are doing everything wrong and that they're stupid. They're a joke, they're stupid. <laughs> Rogers is the only thing that matters. He's dragging this dumb idiot GM through all this. And again, none of it's real. If you go look at the actual drafts, I just posted, we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, maybe after the break, but. PFF just did a study of the best GMs in the first round, and Gutekunst was the top, the GM, number one GM in there. Chicago was bottom five. Chicago's praised for their drafts. Justin Fields, and oh my goodness, like the greatest things in the world. You take an objective look at it, it's like, well, actually, the Packers are one of the top, if not the top teams. The Bears are one of the worst. But this isn't what we hear. Where's Joe Douglas and the Jets? Where are all these elite drafters? I don't understand. And the Packers drafted the back of the first round. It's all bias. And it's sad that Packer fans buy into it. They apparently they watch ESPN and all that. Plus, it, it's they want to believe it anyways because they're mad that we didn't win. So all they're all they need is anybody to tell them like it's it's Gutekun's fault. Go get him. And they're ready. They're ready to just point that rage somewhere. So they just buy into the media hype that Aaron Rodgers is is everything because we've been hearing that for years. Rodgers, 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 Rodgers. And they've been telling us that Rodgers, if he leaves, this team goes to zero and everything's garbage. And it's like, guys, stop believing it. Stop believing them. They're biased people that don't like you. They don't like your team. What are they saying about Aaron Jones? What have they been saying about Devontae? What have they been saying about Rashawn? What have they been saying about... Think about all the great players from Jordy Nelson to everybody else that you're so worried about as being disgraced, that is being disrespected. They've been disrespected by the media for years, saying that without Rodgers, this team is nothing. Bakhtiari and Balaga and Tauscher and everybody. I mean, just all the way back. I mean, this goes back from Brett Favre day's. Think about the Hall of Famers. Think about the great players we've had. It's not just the quarterbacks. And to buy into this narrative that this team is nothing without them, and that the GMs who have brought in these amazing players that you freaking have jerseys hung up on your wall supporting. You wrap your kids in these jerseys. Players that you love and revere. Memories that you'll have for the rest of your life of all these players. And yet you buy into the narrative that there is no talent outside of this quarterback. And that there is no success. And that the GM the, the GMs that brought you these players are not actually good GMs. And the leaders, the 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 presidents of this team. Of course, that's the other thing. This this lowly team without it. How many times have people been telling you that? Stop believing that too, by the way. Do you know what Jets fans what when I talked I did that Jets podcast, you know what the guy was telling me? And by the way, I I I went and did this thing. I was like, Look look at how much they spent on this. Like how stupid the Jets are, and they were like, actually the uh That was before the GM came on board. And apparently it was like an interim time after this GM was out and before this GM got hired. And the freaking owner came in and spent a bunch of money on garbage. Just absolute garbage. And I was like, holy crap, you're right. I didn't even realize that. And they're like, yeah, this guy's a disaster. And then there was this one period where like some good stuff happened, and apparently the GM or the owner Woody Johnson was like on vacation, and his brother was kind of overseeing things, and the new GM was in place, and then they, that's when they went out and got like actual good players and did all this good stuff. The owner is a freaking nightmare, and then there's stories about um, the Dallas Cowboys owner when they're ripping the Johnny Manziel card out of his hand like his his son. He, he was going to turn in the card on his own. Nobody wanted him. He's like, well, we're getting Johnny Manziel. His son had to rip the card out of his hand, and then they drafted a Hall of Fame freaking offensive lineman. These owners suck. Look at the Fords. They don't care about that freaking team. Look at the the Bears and the McCaskies. I mean, obviously the, the, the first owner, but you start passing it down to your kids and your kids' kids and all this stuff, they don't freaking know what to do. Clearly. And then they hire, but they don't know who to hire, and it's just a disaster. But you've been told, because we don't have an owner, we're a terrible team. We'd be better with an owner. No, we would not. No, we would not. You don't want somebody with unilateral power. You have a team for a reason. You have a GM with a massive staff for a reason. And you put in, they put in all those thousands and thousands of hours of work and research to put together a board for a draft. And you want an owner to come in and say, no, 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 that guy. Because I watched a Brett Coleman highlight video of this guy. I want that guy. This is the guy, you know, we're, we're getting, you know, I want an owner to step in and say, we're getting Anthony Richardson because he's going to sell tickets. This guy is something else. He's incredible. You want an owner to step in and say, I want Bijan because he's a, da, da, da. well, maybe you do want that. Maybe I wouldn't mind it either. But the point is, no, we don't need that. Stop believing the biased media when they tell you this stuff. And again, I know that a lot of people want to hear it because it's what they want to believe, that, that in another universe, we, we would have won and we should have won and we were slighted and, and, and we were guaranteed to win because we were the best, but then the GM ruined It's not true, dude. It's just football. And yes, of course, there were things that could have been different that could have made us better. And you know what? That's true of every single team that didn't win the Super Bowl. In fact, that was true of the teams that won the Super Bowls, too. There were things they could have done that made them better. Kansas City Chiefs could have, uh, you know, kept Tyreek Hill would have made them significantly better. A lot of things they could have done. You can go back through every single draft and look at every single pick and say, you know what, instead of that pick, you could have taken this pick, and it would have been a better pick. Every single team. It's football. There is no perfect formula. Stop listening to the people that tell you you should hate your team. You should hate. I mean, it's not to say you can't have an opinion, but really think these things through in an unbiased way. In other words, you think of something and then you write out specifically, here is my thought process. Here is what I believe to be true. And then I want you to apply that league-wide and see how well it holds up. I believe Gutekunst has done a terrible job as a drafter. Okay, in order to actually... Follow through with that thought process before you look at any of the picks or anything like that, because you don't want to look at it and then build a formula so that it proves your point, because then you're not actually proving anything other than you just have no ability to actually learn and don't want to learn and don't care about the truth. You just care about proving your point that you don't even know is right, which is a weird scenario to be in. No, before you even look at it, you write out what would it, you know, what what is a good fair formula for uh, drafting? And then you look at it or just off the top of your head, I think... You know, Gutekunst should have been better in these areas. Okay, so how many hits should he have had? Three per draft. Okay, go find the GM that has three hits per draft. Remember, we looked at Brandon Bean, and I said he's done it about once per year, but then there were the two years where he basically had no hits. So hes I, th- I think he's trending. If, if we're talking good football players still on the team, less than one per year. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. Well, it actually looks like OBJ is going to the Ravens, so um, congratulations to the Ravens for winning the Super Bowl. Um, I really am very excited and happy for them. Uh, it's, It's a big accomplishment to win a Super Bowl. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, I, I, it actually is. All you have to do is get Odell Beckham, and then you win a Super Bowl automatically, except for every single season, except the one where Odell Beckham happened to be on the team, and we pretend that he's the entire reason that they won the Super Bowl. Um, congratulations, though. I'm I'm really happy for the Ravens that they won the Super Bowl, and um, it sucks because I was really hoping we would win the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, it would be a great start for Jordan Love. How many uh, first-year... Guys, obviously we're not talking rookie, but like their first year taking over, how many of those guys have actually won a Super Bowl? It's disappointing that it won't be love, but I am happy. Um, Assuming Lamar goes back, because why would you pass on an auto Super Bowl? I have no idea. Well, I did actually get a couple responses um, for what I had said on Twitter, which is, unless you can tell me what all in means, I don't want to hear it. And you can say whatever you want, but as long as it's written down so that we can see, so that it's not just... Uh, Monday morning quarterbacking It's not just waiting to see who won the Super Bowl And then saying, see, they followed my strategy So let's see what we got here Eh, Packers Said, basically doing everything you can Possibly do for the Current season, with no regard for The future in regards to draft picks And contracts I don't want to be nitpicky because it's It's a solid effort, but I don't know if it Fully covers all that, it's hard to Know exactly what all that means And I don't know that any team fully goes to that extent. Every single possible thing you can do. Has there ever been a team where there's not at least a little bit of money? Some kind of a trade you made? What what about a player-for-player swap or something, you know? And then after the trade deadline, you've got got like 600,000 sitting there. Did you do absolutely everything possible? Especially when you throw in things like draft picks and contracts. Because now when you say draft picks, if I'm looking at a team and you have draft picks available and you're not trading them, Then you're not doing what you need to be doing. So it would just be kind of tough to know. You know what I mean? I I need something that you can look at and say, definitively, this team followed the plan and nobody else did. Therefore, you can tell the plan is a good plan as far as effective for winning Super Bowls or not effective for winning Super Bowls. Just something that we can see for sure. Now, you could certainly say the Rams follow this closer than just about any team because they threw away their picks forever, but so did the Bears. And so did other teams, who never seem to have any picks, because they're constantly trading them. Bears didn't have a heck of a lot of success. And again, I don't think any team has no regard whatsoever. There's some regard. JJ says, sure, how about adding four void years to every veteran and retaining Zedarius who clearly needed to go, and maybe Billy should have, uh, should have too." That's pretty all in if you ask me. That's burning the boats and saying to hell with 2022, eat and drink for tomorrow we die. In other words, yeah, it's what the Packers did. I tend to agree. Again, I I think any realistic view of quote-unquote all-in, you have to include the Packers. You maybe don't like how they went about it, mostly because we didn't win, which, again, is just a nonsensical way of viewing things. I'll I'll go along with it until, you know, I'll I'll withhold judgment until I see if we win or not. If we win, then yeah, we finally win all-in. If we didn't, then we didn't go all in. But clearly the Packers were doing things outside of the general playbook with a view toward our window is limited. We need to focus more on today and less on the future. What the exact definition is, I don't know. But that to me seems to be, if not all in, which again is somewhat of a nonsensical term, it's a shift in priorities toward the present. That doesn't mean every single thing we do is about the present. It means that we're going outside of the norms to accentuate the present. But, you know, again, everybody's like, well, that, that doesn't make sense because they're all in, but then you draft love. Pick a lane. No, you don't have to pick a lane. Aaron Rodgers is leaving soon. And this quarterback, we feel, could sit behind Aaron Rodgers and become the next great Hall of Fame quarterback for the Packers. But we're trying to prioritize winning now, so we're going to pass on that whole quarterback of the future thing. I mean, come on. Come on. We can pause at one freaking pick. Mr. Bruce Edmonds says, OBJ, duh. Again, Raven Super Bowl. And then, uh, I don't know, Cheeseballin... Oh, there he goes. I I lost his comment there for a minute. Uh, Cheeseballin has been very, very mad at me and has been arguing with me relentlessly about this and says, how do you not see the Rams got OBJ Von Miller to help push them over the edge? A lot of Super Bowl contenders made trade deadline deals to help push them over the edge. But Goot somehow couldn't get any pass-catching weapons in our last postseason lost season. I just explained what I've already told you. So, anyways, he didn't offer a definition. Anyways, I just want to bring up one final thing. Um, And if if I'm beating this to death, it's because I want it dead. Very, very happy for um, a listener that um, I mentioned, Mr. Matt Hebert. Uh, I read his, I believe, Patreon message. Anyways... He um, worked on a little project and sent me the Excel file. I, I freaking love this because it, it goes along with, I don't know if, it's, if I should take credit for it because it's what I said and then he went and did the math for it or if he just thought about it on his own, I don't know. But one of the things I had said is, as far as me feeling like it's disingenuous to say that the GM hasn't done a good job, is the fact that what were the Packers' odds of winning a Super Bowl? If the team's not good enough, why do they have such high odds? Man, I wish I could remember where you sent this to me, Matt. Was it on Twitter? Ah, yes. I was looking on Patreon. All right. So the, I was just curious about um, where what the numbers are looking at. All right. So this this spreadsheet he put together, it's freaking genius. its it, it gives me chills because, in my opinion, this is the final nail in the freaking coffin. At the start of the Super Bowl, or the excuse me, the start of the playoffs, in other words, the regular season's done. What are the this team's odds of winning a Super Bowl? So he went through every single team and their odds of winning a Super Bowl at the start of the season. So the sheet looks like it goes back to 2008, but I believe the, um, the math on this, it says from 20, uh, 2019 to 2022. So this is in the Brian Gutekunst era, and it's comparing a couple things. For example, let's just go through it. In 2019, they had 7.9% odds. In 2020, 17.3% odds, second highest aside from the Chiefs. In 2021, 18.8% odds. They had the highest odds of any team. And then, of course, in 2020, 0%. So, there are a couple different numbers here. Probability of winning at least one Super Bowl, 38.18%. Expected Super Bowls, 044 So, a couple things. Number one, Despite everybody clamoring that it's obvious we should have won a Super Bowl, there was still, over those three years, a less than 50% chance statistically at the start of the playoffs, even even granted that we're already in the playoffs. Forget the fact that we were a good team to start the season. You run those odds from the start of the season, it's very low. We're talking about the Packers are already in, they're already favorites in one year, and the second highest in the second year, and there was still... When combining those, a sub-50% chance. Again, expected Super Bowls, 0.44. Not even 0.5. Probability of winning at least one Super Bowl, 38.18%. Then there's another list. By the way, if the GM is responsible for creating the the team and all that stuff, and we're talking about the quality of the team, the GM gets credit for the 38.18%, which, by the way, is the second highest of any team. The only other team, Kansas City Chiefs, 60% chance that they won at least one Super Bowl. They won two, by the way. Packers have the second high, which which would mean the Packers have had the second best team, which is, again, to Brian Gutekunst's credit. Then there is, the, again, the actual Super Bowls. You have the Chiefs with two, the Rams with one, and the Buccaneers with one. So then what did he do? He compared the probability of winning a Super Bowl, or did he do that, or expected Super Bowls? Um, R5 minus B5. Expected Super Bowls is what he compared it to. Expected Super Bowls minus actual Super Bowls. Actually, it's actual minus expected. To come up up with a GM luck metric, which is to say who is the luckiest and unluckiest GM. Luckiest GM, Kansas City Chiefs. They were expected to win .8 Super Bowls, which is really high, but they should have roughly a Super Bowl. They have two. So the GM luck metric is 1.19, which is to say the luckiest GM. They, they have significantly more Super Bowls than they should have than anybody else. And then, of course, the only other two that are actually positive are the two that won Super Bowls, the Rams and then the Buccaneers. Then you have one, two, three, four, five teams that are at exactly zero because they won zero and they're expected to win zero. So they're right where they're supposed to be. That would be the... Um, Denver Broncos, Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, New York Jets, Detroit Lions. Then you have the unlucky teams, where you can look at their expected Super Bowls. Anyways, let's cut to the chase here, because those of you that are moderately good at math, you can kind of figure this out where this is headed. The Green Bay Packers are the absolute lowest on this list. Why? Again, what is the list? GM luck. Which is to say, who is the most unlucky GM in the entire NFL? It is Brian Gutekunst. Which is to say what? For all the people who have been screaming that Aaron Rodgers has been getting screwed, you know who's really been getting screwed? Brian Gutekunst. Because in all honesty, he's not the most unlucky. This isn't a luck thing. This is a metric that looks at who built the best team that got the least result out of it. That's exactly what this metric is. The Packers have the absolute highest metric, the highest number of expected Super Bowls of any team that doesn't have a Super Bowl. Gutekunst got screwed. Maybe that's a Matt LaFleur thing, I don't know. But to sit here and say the guy that built the best team, the second best team in the NFL over this period, and whose team completely fell apart and did not perform, and and again, remember, it's still sub-50%, so... Getting zero Super Bowls is still kind of, I guess, technically expected. But but the, the fact still remains. To say that this guy screwed Aaron Rodgers or the Packers is exactly opposite. Who is the GM right now that is most deserving of a Super Bowl? His name is Brian Gutekunst. Statistically speaking. Again, remember, this is based on the quality of the team entering the playoffs. So all this nonsense about the the team wasn't good enough and he didn't do enough, bull crap. Second best team going into the playoffs over his entire tenure. And I have to sit here and freaking defend the guy. It's unbelievable. Most unlucky GM in football. And again, I appreciate this because this is somebody who spent the hours putting this together. Unlike the people that like to flap their gums who have no idea what they're talking about. Saying he's the, what did that doofus say? 30th best GM based on freaking what if he has a I hope he has a good draft it'll be his first ever you freaking dork you think she's not a dork a dork would actually run the numbers he's just a freaking goofball man but I, I I love this I appreciate this and honestly it shouldn't even be that surprising who's the best team that hasn't won a Super Bowl it's the Packers and how do you put that on the GM the GM's job is to build the best team and he did at that point it's up to the players and the coaches to go freaking get it. I just <laughs> I it, it, it's again, I I could I could give you the data. I could show you this. I'm not going to share it cuz I didn't make this, but I can, you know, take a screenshot and send it to you, but you don't need that. It's kind of common sense. Is it, I don't mean to um, belittle the project because it's it's really inc- I'm looking at the formulas. I had to ask my robot. I just copy and paste. I'm like, what does this mean? <laughs> and then the robot explained it. I'm like, I don't even know what that means, dude. But again, you don't need it when you really figure out what's going on here. It should be obvious who is the best team over Brian Gutekunst's tenure that hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. What could even the 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 next best team? Which actually people probably say the Bills are, but be- it's not. It's not the Bills. When you look at the odds, the Packers are higher than the Bills. But that would obviously be another option. Um, the the four that are really high, Packers number one, then the Bills, then the 49ers, then the Ravens. Most deserving team that didn't win. Highest quality roster that never got it done, Green Bay Packers. Squandered maybe, but it's not squandered by the guys that built the teams. It's not Gutekunst, it's not Ted Thompson. Yes, there's some bad drafts. I, just, I was just going through Patreon trying to find... Um, this uh, explanation and i saw mr numberman was reaching out to me again and reminded me what he's told me i think once or twice before about um the fact that the numbers basically say that drafting is like the stock market it's it's pretty much all luck <laughs> but that doesn't mean there aren't strategies right if we acknowledge the draft is mostly luck what we what would what should we do with that information trade back and focus on high value prospects Ted Thompson, loved to trade back. Gutekunst likes to trade up, which I would hammer him for it, but his trade-ups have been pretty solid. We'll see what happens with Jordan Love, but, you know. But as far as focusing on high-value prospects, I know we took a linebacker this past year. I get it. And there's a good chance that that's not going to pay out as much as we'd hope. But maybe he's still a good football player. I don't know. We'll see. But quarterbacks, cornerbacks, tackles, edge rushers, we haven't taken a tackle in a while. But those are the types of, you know, defensive tackles, you know, guys that get after the quarterback, guys that protect the quarterback, Corners, what you know, uh, we'll see if they get a wide receiver or not. But um, high value. There's still ways to navigate the draft so that you end up coming out ahead. And I think the pack. And, and again, this is why the Packers are right in so far as focusing on process. Don't get enamored by the prospects. And of course they do, but that has to be secondary to process. And it has to be a good process. You still rely on your scouting, of course, and try to set up your board accordingly. Of course, there's there's level of levels of scouting and understanding these certain things. It, it doesn't mean that there's nothing to be learned from these prospects. And of course, you want to get to know their personalities so that they're a good match for your locker room and everything else. But there also needs to be some level of understanding that you can't simply look at your, your um, scouting abilities and trust it implicitly and say, no matter what, we're taking this guy, that guy, whatever, because I love them. There are processes in place, tried and true, and it's been working. And it's the reason the Packers are one of the most favored teams to win the Super Bowl almost every year for 30 years. You know, one of the top teams. It's good process. Not being dictated to by some freaking owner overlord who's going to break in and say, I want that guy for ticket sales, or I want this person or that person because so-and-so and and such-and-such. And it's also like why people like me and people like JJ get frustrated with these contracts and doing these kinds of things because it's... You're getting away from that process that is, has that is built success for generations. So anyways, I really appreciate this uh, once again, Matt. And uh, I love all the work you did. Obviously a smarter guy than I am. Some of this stuff is pretty pretty above my head, but I love it, man. And um, anytime you want to put together a little project like this or anybody else, I'm, I'm all for it. I love this. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.